So um, I've titled this morning's message, Have No Fear, The Church Is Here. And so uh, I'm excited to share with you this morning. Uh, Let's take a moment to pray and we're going to jump in. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, you are good and we celebrate your goodness. God, I'm so thankful that we can come together and gather just like this. I pray your blessing, Lord, over this moment now. Would our ears and our eyes and our hearts and our minds be open to what you have to say? Speak to us, minister us, strengthen us, God. God, teach us. Bless your word today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. The church is powerful. You are the church. You are powerful as the church when we come together. You see, what society and culture are missing today is the presence of God through the church. You see, anything that has to do with God, namely the church, they dismiss it. They, they, they throw it to the side. I don't want to have nothing to do with church. I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want to be around those people that judge me. I don't, I don't want to have to do anything with that. You might have heard them say, I'm never going to church. Church is full of... Or, I, I'm not in a good place to go to church. Once I was having a conversation with a guy, and I, and I shared with him that I was a Christian, and in fact, a pastor, and we were, you know, talking. We had talked many times before that, but we had never really gotten into some of those things. We had just kind of, you know, how's the family? Okay, good. Everything's good. Okay, cool. And so I, and, and I had talked to him, and I said, hey, you know, I, I, I'm a Christian, and, and in fact, I'm a pastor. And as soon as I said that, he, he, he kind of gave me like, one of those, what? Church? So as to say, like, you're not fooled into that type of thing, are you? And I kind of chuckled a little bit and, 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 and laughed, and, and, I, and I said, well, why do you say that? And, and, uh, and he said, well, you know, church is like this and church is like that. And he kind of went on to explain a little bit. And I said, well, well what church did you go to? And, and he said, well, you know, I haven't really been, but, you know, I've, I've heard that that's what it's like. You know, I've, I, I've read, uh, you know, a scene on the news and, and, and this and that. And I, and I began to think to myself and I began to explain to him, listen, I want you to understand that the small percentage of what's been highlighted there and pushed off into mainstream culture, you can't judge everybody like that. You, you can't just judge and assume that everyone is, is like that. I said, listen, first of all, uh, not only did I share with you, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm also the pastor. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not perfect. I'll tell you this, my whole church already knows they aren't perfect. Right? There's no confusion about that. I didn't pop any bubbles this morning. You're not perfect. All right. Listen, we all know we need Jesus. Right? We need Jesus in our lives. And I said to him, listen, you can't judge God or judge the church based on something like that. You see, the world needs Jesus through the church. The only one who can serve Jesus to the world is the church. You know, the other day I was at the gym and I, was, I almost started crying in the middle of my workout. You know, Pastor Jack, what's wrong? You can't handle the workouts, right? Weights are too heavy or what? Right, you were pumping the bar and it got stuck on your chest and you couldn't get it up? No, I could handle my own. But I almost cried in the middle of my workout because I looked around at all the people and I saw all these people who I know aren't going to heaven. One day they're going to take a last breath. 
And because of their lifestyle and what they're involved with and what they're doing, what they participate, the way that they live their life, they can't expect eternal life. They won't know the loving arms of God. See, according to Pew Research, people who identify as Christians is dropping at a nearly 12% rate per decade. Every 10 years, 12% less people identify as Christians. That's an alarming rate. A group of people, Pew Research also says this, that a group of people who say they are religious, but they don't identify with anything is swelling. Those numbers are growing. It's the people that say, well, I'm religious, but I don't go to church and I don't read my Bible and I don't pray and I don't practice any of those things. I'm, I'm spiritual, right? I, I, I might believe that there's a God, but I, I don't do anything with that. And all of these things are happening around us. So what should we do? Should we just say, well, that's them. It's us four no more. Let them be them. Should we give up? Should we lay down? Should we call it quits? No, never. Not us. Not our church. Have no fear. The church is here. See, come hell or high water, we will preach the gospel message and carry the presence of God. We will seek his presence and love his people. You see, the Apostle Paul, he wrote to the church in Colossal, and he gives them instruction, and he says this to us in chapter 3 in verses 15 through 17, and that's the context of what we're going to look at this morning. You can see it on your app and your message notes up on the screens. You'll see it, but he is speaking to the church. He's speaking to you and I. He's speaking to us about our calling and our behavior, and he says this in verse 15. He says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. I'm going to say that again. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be what? And be what? Thankful. Thankful. Come on, somebody. Come on. I, I, we're awake, right? It says, and be thankful. Is it not up on the screen? It's small. Okay, you're forgiven. Okay. You're forgiven. <laughs> okay. Verse 16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Notice the capital S, that Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through the Father giving thanks to God the Father through Him. See, Paul's talking to the church. He's talking to us. He's talking to you and I. He's talking about our calling. He's talking about our behavior. And he's calling the church to a holy lifestyle. He's, he's calling us to live up to our identity in Christ. He's calling us to recognize that we're nothing without Christ. But in Christ, we can be so much more. In Christ, we can break the generational curses. In Christ, we can no longer am I my past, but I am a brand new creation. In Christ, I am somebody. I am a child of God. Amen. You see, today I want to share with you the beauty and the significance of the church in the world today. And really three things that the church is and what God is working in each of us. The very first thing is this. You see, the church is a haven for those in search of hope. 
the church is a haven for those in search of hope. There are so many people out there that are lost. They're lost. You know, there's a few that know they're lost. There's a few that know, listen, the truth is I'm not living right with God. I know it, but I'm just dealing with this right now, and I, I know that I'm not right with God. I know that I got issues. I know that I'm struggling. I know I'm doing what I should not be doing. There's a few that know that. And then there's the majority who don't know. They, 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 they have no idea, right? You, you, you talk to them about God, and they're like, listen, back up. Give me 50 feet. I don't have nothing to do with that. They, they, they have no idea they're lost. They have no idea that, that they don't have that. And they live every day with no hope. No hope. You see, they, 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 there's hope. They search for it, but they can't find it. They check everything. They try to be a part of this. Or if, if I just purchase this, if I'm able to get that, or if I have this status, or I'm in this relationship, that suddenly I know that void inside of me, it's, it's going to be complete. I'm going to feel better. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm going to be complete when I get it, when I obtain it, when it's part of me, when I have it. But there's hope. It, it, it's right there, but they, they, they won't get it. They refuse to look where it is. I'll, I'll search everywhere. I'll try everything, but there it is. There it is. No, no, there's no way I'm touching that. Oh, there's no way. But they don't recognize that that is the one thing that will satisfy what their soul is searching for. It's, it's there. It's available. But no, I, no I'm going to try. Let me, they don't want to have nothing to do with that. Do you, remember, do you remember what it was like when you didn't have any hope? You remember what it was like when, when you were going through that? And I'm not talking about being a, a, a teenager and wondering if you'll ever find love in your life. Any of our teenagers, hello. Man, I remember when I was a young man and I was mustering up the courage to ask this girl to the school dance. It's my wife. Don't worry. This was a long time ago. We were talking over the phone and, you know, I'm getting ready to ask her and I'm worried about a couple of things. Number one, I'm wondering what is she going to say? Number two, I'm hoping that either my sister or my mom doesn't pick up the phone at the same time that I'm trying to ask her. Some of you guys know a landline phone. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. They just went, woo, landline phone. What do you mean? How are they going to pick it up while you're on it? <laughs> and so... I was, I was on the phone, and we were talking about some homework stuff, and I'm like, oh, and I just kind of blurted out, will you go to the dance with me? And then all of a sudden, it got real quiet. And then she spoke. Let me call you back. <laughs> she never called me back. I was crushed. I had no hope of recovering from that. You see, it's a tough place to be when you don't have hope in a God who loves you. It's a tough place to be when you don't have hope in a God who sees you, who hears you, who understands you. But yet there's so many who deal with that. There's so much that they go through. There's, there's, there's so many feelings and emotions, but you're at this place where you don't understand and I want to tell you simply this morning, listen, if you're in this place, I told you the church is a haven for those in search of hope. I want you to know that God sees you. I want you to know that God sees you right where you're at with the struggles and the things that you've faced and the things that you've been tempted with. He sees you, but he also hears you. 
You know, maybe God hears everybody else. Maybe God sees everybody, but He doesn't see me. He does. And I want you to walk away this morning understanding that God loves you and the church is a haven for you if you are in search of hope. Listen, the Bible says this in, in John chapter 10, verse 9. He says this, Jesus says, I am the door. And if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus says, I am the door. And if you're in search of hope, knock on Jesus' door. You'll find what your soul has been searching for. But but you have to knock. You have to come to the door and, and actually knock. See, you, you can't just, you can't say, well, well I should have because I'm around the door or I know somebody who's walked through the door themselves, knocked on it. No, you have to knock on it yourself. You're going to have to knock on it. Knock on Jesus' door. And he says two things, and I, I want to point these out. The very first thing is this. He says that they will be saved. And when you understand what that means, see, when he says you'll be saved is that every wrong thing you've done, every sin that has occurred in your life, everything that has piled up, the wages of sin is death, all of that, Jesus says, listen, I want you to forget about it because I have removed it from your life. It's no longer attached to you. It's no longer part of your walk in this life. I have removed it. I've paid the bill. I've covered it for you. Therefore, you no longer need to hold it on in your heart. Let it go. Let it go. You can no longer identify with that because now your identity is in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation. And so I, I he says first, if, if I, I am the door, if anyone enters by, you'll be saved. And then secondly, second thing he says is that you'll find pasture. Do you know what Jesus means when he says you'll find pasture? See, this refers to the assurance of God as your provider, God's provision in your life. See, not only when you knock on his door do you find the forgiveness of your sins, you find a savior, you find a a Lord of your life, you receive the gift of eternal life, but you also receive God as, as a provider in your life. The provision of God, God knows what you need. He also knows what you want, but listen, he knows what you need. He's our provider, our way maker. So how tough has it been, church? How tough has it been? Have you felt the struggle? See, how can I go through the struggle and still be standing? See, Paul tells the church in verse 15 of that Colossians 3 passage, he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace. And then it says this, and be thankful. Seems like I'm always trying to teach my children to be thankful. Like, okay, I just, yes, you just got, can you be thankful? If you've raised any children, you know, okay. Can you be thankful? But the peace of Christ. See, this is knowing who he is and who you are. See, because if he is Lord, He is Savior, and He is provider. Who am I? See, I'm the recipient of His provision. 
See, I'm the recipient of, of his forgiveness, of his mercy, of his grace. He, he is now the Lord of my life. He now navigates, helps me make the right decisions as I go about it. I want you to say this with me. Would you say this with me? I want the peace of Christ to rule my heart. Would you say it? That's it right there. It's that declaration. I, I, I want this. It's knowing that he's got you. See, come trial, come tribulation, come tough time, come temptation. He's got you. So church, we keep this in mind for ourselves in our journey. We keep this in mind when somebody walks through those doors for the first time. We keep that in mind when we're in the family gathering that what has been available to us can also be available to them. See, the church is a haven for those in search of hope. And if you need hope, you you can find it right here. See, the church is beautiful. The church is a haven for those in search of hope, number one. And number two, the church is a gathering for believers to worship and grow. The church is a gathering for believers to worship and grow. Do you know what the world does not understand They don't understand your in-depth need to be a part of the church. They don't get it. They don't get it why you'd want to come to church. They don't get it why you want to be a part of the church. They don't get it why your spirit wants to worship God. They don't get it why you're hungry to hear the voice of God in your life. They don't understand why you would trade in Sunday sports to gather with a group of people and we all are broken and we all need Jesus. They They don't understand that. They think you're backwards and you're weird because you, are, you're, you, you found your hope and your peace in Christ Jesus. They, they, they don't understand that. But there's a gathering that understands you. There's a place that understands that need that you have, that, that in the depth of your soul, that, that, that peace, you, why you want to worship together. They, there's a place, and that's the church. That's us. We, we, we understand. We feel it. We're on the journey with you. And when we come together, it's a time to, to, to worship God. It's a time for each other to, to, to grow in our faith with the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Listen, there are too many people who have tried to do this on their own. See, while worship comes from individuals, God created the church to worship together, to be in unity to know that when we gather, we are gathering to give God our best. We are, we are to declare who he is in our lives and in this world, to bless his name, to praise him. And God receives that worship from us. God moves amongst us in that way. See, Paul tells the church in verse 16 of that Colossians 3 passage, he says this, and I want you to get this. It says this, let the message of Christ Dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, that capital S, that Holy Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. This verse makes no sense to the world. They don't get it. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through the psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, singing to God with gratitudes in your heart. See, we know where we were without Him. We know who we were. We know where we were. But when you come to the place and you recognize what God has done in your life, 
When you recognize there's been a shift in your identity, when there's been a shift in your eternal destiny, man, I thank my God. I'll express some gratitude. I'll praise and bless his name. Man, I want to tell people about Jesus because my God is, is good. Right? There's, there's been some change in me, some development in me. We know what we were without him. We know where we were without him, but we know who we are with him. See, there is so much to learn about walking this Christian life right here in this room. As you look all the way back here, and Marisol in the corner, and Josh, and all the way over here to the corner where Gio is, and, and, and Paul, all, if you look all here, there is so much to learn about this Christian walk right here in this room. See, do you want to know how to draw closer to God? Do you want to know what the, the secret to longevity is in this life? Do you want to know how to break generational curses? Do you want to know how to hear God's voice? Do you want to know how to help others come to Christ? There is so much to learn about walking this Christian life right here in this room. I'm telling you, the church is beautiful. The church is a haven for those in search of hope. And the church is a gathering for believers to worship and grow. And the last point I want to share with you this morning is this. The church is the hands and feet of Jesus. The church is the hands and feet of Jesus. Now, what does that mean? You know, I've heard that before. What exactly does that mean? See, God wants to see every person turn their heart towards him. God created everybody. We are all his creation. The people that are not in this room, the people that are far away from him today, God created them. He, he gifted them. He made them unique and special, and God wants their hearts to turn towards him. So in fact, he says this, the Bible says this in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says this, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You see, God loves his creation. God loves his, his, his design. And he wants each and every one of us to, to come to him. And the way that he wants to accomplish this is through the church, through you and I. Over and over in Scripture, God describes the church as a body, as a physical body, that some would be the hands and the feet and the legs and the ears and the eyes, and together we make special function. Together we accomplish all that God wants. See, during my sabbatical, God was stirring my heart, and I certainly had time for vacation and rest, and then the rest of it I was... I was, I was focused on us. I was thinking about us, and I was writing and rewriting our growth track and planning out sermon series and, 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 and working on different things. Or just, just goes, and then God says, listen, I want to give you some clarity in mission and vision for the church, and, and so I'm going to give you something now, and then over the course of the fall, I'm going to give you some more specifics on this, but I want to give you what the Lord gave me. Our mission as a church would be this. Our mission is going to is to serve and disciple until all know Christ. That, that's it right there. That's going to be our focus in this next season. We're going to focus at getting better at, at this. To serve and disciple until all know Christ. That's the mission of our church. And there's the specifics that I'm going to unveil and we're going to talk about more going later. But I want you to get, 
This is going to guide everything that we will do going forward to serve and disciple until all know Christ. And the vision is, is like the snapshot of the future of where God is calling us to go is, is, is this, to worship with an ever-growing reflection of heaven until Christ's return. To worship with an ever-growing reflection of heaven until Christ's return. See, the Bible describes heaven as this, as this beautiful place where God receives all this worship. See, can, can you see it with me? I, I, I can see it. I could imagine as the Lord stirred it on my heart, as God has spoken it to me, this, this ever-growing reflection of heaven happening now as we worship him together in unity, as we focus on serving and discipling and watching people come to Christ and grow in their relationship with the Lord. Richie, again, I forgot to let you know, but this is that time. Paul tells the church in verse 17 of that, of that Colossians chapter 3 passage, he says this, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I'll say it again. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. See, that's the way that we're going to do it. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. Church, I'm excited for our future. I'm excited for what God wants to do. But it's, it's not me, it's us. God has uniquely gifted us. God has called us. You all, we have a ministry together and you have ministries within you. There's something God is, he wants to gift you, anoint you to do so that when we come together, you're the arm, you're the leg, you're the foot, you're the eye, you're the ears. Together, it is something beautiful in his name. God is calling us to serve and disciple until all know Christ. That's the mission. And the vision is, is, is watching it happen, this, to, to worship with his ever-growing reflection of heaven until Christ returns. I can see it. I can see it. I'm excited about it. You see, the world needs the church to be the church, to love like Jesus. Are you with me? Are you with me, church? I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm excited for the mission and vision. I'm excited for the miracles that God wants to do amongst us. And so here's my challenge for you today. My challenge is, is, is this, and we're going to do a couple of things. I'm going to give you this challenge. I'm going to do a very specific altar call, and then I have a, a special announcement to give you right after that, those three things in these next few minutes. And my challenge is this. Right now, you're, going to, you're, you're receiving these cards. Do you all have them? Nobody has them? Okay. Okay, you're going to be receiving these cards. I want you to write down five names of who you want to come to know Christ. And you heard about our September fast. We are gonna be praying and fasting together for these five people. I want you to write down five names of people that you wanna see come to Christ. You think there's no way. Yes, watch God work. 
write down five names. In our fast in September, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be praying and fasting, not just for your card, but for everyone's card. And so today, after you turn that card in and you write those names down, I want you to turn them in to either Pastor Rodrigo or myself, someone on the team, and you're going to turn them in. And on every single Tuesday, beginning this Tuesday, we're going to be praying for those people. We're going to be standing and believing and asking God to open hearts and minds and ears and eyes. I told you, there are some who know they are lost, and then there's a majority who they don't know. But God loves them too. God loves them. And we're going to believe that. So the challenge is a little bit different. I want you to write these down. The second thing is I want to take some moment to, to pray. So maybe you're here this morning. It doesn't matter if someone's looking or watches you or sees you raise your hand. I want to say this. Are you here this morning and you say, I need a miracle? Is there anyone here that says, I need a miracle in my life? Thank you, 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 thank you. You need a miracle, whatever it is. And what do I mean that? What, what, what do I mean by defining that? I, I, I simply mean this. You need divine intervention. Whatever the situation is, whatever has been going on, you need it to be turned around and to work out for your favor. And so I want to pray and ask God for a miracle. I want to ask God to show up and show out and to transform the situation in your life. And so if that's you, if you raise your hand, I'm going to put on my mask. I'd invite you to come forward. If you're saying, hey, I'm not ready for that. It's a little too close for me. You're fine. Yeah, I want you to worship and pray. If you did not raise your hand this morning, but you saw that there was a hand that went up somewhere, I want you to take the next few minutes to pray that God would do a miracle in their lives. If you see people that pray from where you're at, pray that God would show up in their lives.